everyone, and welcome to the Cultivate Podcast through the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and really glad that you're with us. And we are doing a series right now. We're just kind of calling it That's Not What That Says, uh, where we're just looking at some verses that are very often used, very often quoted, very often and in, in way out of context and 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 wrongly, where we, we think we understand what these verses mean. We think they're helpful. We think they're inspiring, but the way that we use them really is not what the Bible teaches, and it's certainly not what that verse says. Um, a couple of episodes ago, we were looking at Philippians 4.13. For some people believe that what Paul's saying there is that I can do anything uh, through Jesus. There's anything that I, I, I can do anything, which is not what it says. Basically, what he's saying is that, that through Jesus, through the strength of Jesus, he can get you through any circumstance. And then last time we looked at Romans 8, where people think that what it says in Romans 8.28 is that God is working to make all things good. When he's not working to make all things good, he's working for your good in anything, which again is two very different. If you've not joined us for those, I encourage you to stop right here and go back and listen to those so you can kind of catch up. I feel like that to make sure that we really are just good students of scripture and really understand um, what God's teaching is important for us to really to, to, to listen to all of these, because I think there are, because almost all of these verses are used to kind of in ways to kind of help us understand and navigate difficult circumstances. But if we have an overly simplistic view of kind of what God is doing in difficult circumstances or whether or not difficult circumstances are even supposed to or do exist, if we have an overly simplistic, naive worldview that when difficult circumstances happen, it can crush us. And I, I think I think we've seen that in the last couple of years of this pandemic of just kind of how we can maybe some people have convinced themselves that the world wasn't as broken as it actually was. And when we see how the world is broken and how things can really get turned upside down and we just, we don't expect, so, uh, I thought God said he was never going to do things like this. And I thought we'd get through it. I thought that, thought that, thought, and you have all these kind of naive, simplistic, unrealistic ideas about who God is and about the way the world works and our faith can be shattered. But if we understand that it's not that I can do anything but God can get me through anything. If we understand that God's not going to make everything good, but he's going to work to help me be good, then that helps us have the right perspective to navigate the worst and most difficult parts of life. And so again, our kind of our third in this series, we're going to see another verse that I think that kind of falls into that same category, a verse that gets misquoted and misunderstood that allows us or helps us, we think, kind of help us walk through difficult times. And here, we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians 10. And again, this is another example of before I actually read to you what the verse actually says, most of the times when it gets quoted or repeated to us, we're not really, we're not even really quoting the verse right, much less understanding it right. So here we find ourselves in a circumstance where let's just say that things are starting to pile on. And again, pandemic is a great time for that. It's like, okay, my, my kids are home and that's tough. And my spouse lost their, their job and that's tough. We had this business. It's not going well. We got people who were sick. Maybe I, maybe as a friend or a family member has died. It just seems like more and more things. Like it's just, I'm, just not, just, I'm not just dealing with one thing. It's just suddenly I've got this, like, a, like a platter full of things that are happening to me all at once. And what someone will say to themselves or what someone will say to them is like, well, you need to understand if you're going through a whole lot of bad things at once, that that means that God must think um, a lot of you. And like, you may be thinking, as I'm saying that, you may think, what? Like, well, who would even say that? Because the idea is this. 
Because the Bible says that God's not going to give you more than you can handle. God's not going to give you more than you. So he thinks, he thinks you can handle this. And so God must think a lot of you and your strength and your endurance to be putting you through all of this all at once. And while that, I guess, is intended to kind of be uplifting in the sense that, wow, God must think I'm really strong. But what does that say about God? God's like, man, I got a lot of bad things I'm trying to deal out to people. There's there's somebody who's really strong. I'm going to go ahead and give him four or five because he can handle it. Like, what, what is the thinking? What is the rationale? It's like, it's like a, like, is God is like, is, is he like your, like your, like your physical trainer? Is he like your lift coach? It's like, are you trying to get you to, to, to beat your bench record? Like, like, oh man, you can handle more weight than that. And you get stronger. There, there really isn't, I mean, we don't have any reason to believe that this is the way that God operates. Even if you consider what happened in the book of Job was not, it was not to, Test to te- to test him in that way. I mean, the, even 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 the book of Job, which is completely weird. It's not that God is sitting around looking for. He's got some limited number of bad things he's got to hand out, and he's looking to hand out bad things to his strongest people. That, that's just a very weird idea to think about. That that's how God um, lets bad things happen. Because then that, that makes God the instigator of the bad thing. Bad things are happening to me because God, by his very own design and plan, wants to give them to me, and he wants to give them to me so that he knows and I know and we all know how strong I am. Again, that's not what that verse says, much less what this verse means. But the verse itself is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Okay. And so you may, part of you, as I'm sitting there saying that God's not going to give you more than you can handle. Like, bro, that is exactly what that just said. You've just contradicted yourself as soon as you read it. First, before we get to the verses that come before this, let's make sure we understand exactly what this said. First of all, it's talking about this in the context of temptation, the temptation to sin. There is no temptation to sin that has overtaken first verse and first first part before we get to the misquoted part. There is no temptation to sin that is so different for you that is that is unique to you. Every temptation to sin that you experience is is common to everyone. And in addition to that, in addition to the fact that your temptations to sin are not unique, you need to also understand that God is faithful and he's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And again, if that's all that this said, it's still not saying that other thing because it's talking about narrowly the temptation to sin. It's not talking about the, 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 the amount of discouraging circumstances that you're going through to the point at which we're talking about the, the ability to bear through all circumstances. That's Philippians 4.13, which we've already talked about that God will give you the strength And to the degree that he says that here is what he says next. He's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Essentially, what he's saying is there isn't any temptation that you will be given that he can't handle. 
It's not that he won't give me more than I can handle. He won't give me more than he can handle, which unfortunately for everyone means that he will not give you more than he can handle. That's pretty limitless. So it's not about a particular interest in how strong you are. It is in a particular interest in about how strong that he is. But again, to understand more specifically what he's talking about here, let's go back to verse 6 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. Okay? Obviously making a reference here to the Israelites working their way from the promised land to, uh, uh, from, from Egypt to the promised land and talking about all the dumb things that some, at least some of the dumb things that they did. They, they, they worship, they worship the golden calf. Don't be idolaters like them. That's crazy. And, and, and don't commit sexual morality. Some of them did that. 23,000 people of them died on one day. Don't test Christ. They were, some of them were killed by snakes. Another story there in Numbers. Don't grumble as some of them did. And they were killed by the destroying angel. There's story after story in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, of, of, of God's people grumbling, complaining, committing sin, and all these things happen. He's basically, what Paul's saying is here, is that they had all of this temptation, but don't give into it like they did because they experienced all of this punishment. And he'd be saying, and, and a lot of this thing happened and is written down for us because so it can be examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil. Don't the, there are basically what he's saying is there are negative examples in the Bible of people giving in to sin and they're there so that you won't also give in to sin. And then he describes some of the th- those things in verses seven through 10 verse 11 says it again. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So these are examples. He's like, Hey, these are negative examples. They'll be like that. They're warnings for you. They're warning, especially for us who kind of now live in the final age and the final age being we've now seen the fullness of all of God's promises and expectations that have come in the person of Jesus Christ. Now we have all the information that we need to understand how to get into a good relationship with God, how to be reconciled to him, how to live with him. We now have the Holy Spirit. So we have these negative examples of people who were unable to or unwilling to um, say no to temptation. And now you have these as, as negative examples, warnings for you, because you now have a lot more at your disposal with the Holy Spirit and God's word and understanding of the gospel. You've got all of this. Verse 12. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Okay. So it's like, you, you may think you're doing just fine. You may think that you're strong enough. You're good enough. But it is that sort of arrogance to believe that you by yourself, apart from what God is doing, apart from who he is, that somehow that you think you've got this. And so already here in verse 12, we have the, um, the counter, the exact the seemingly opposite of the thing that we think this next verse says, God won't give me more than I can handle. Verse 12 says, if you think you can handle it, be careful, you're going to fall. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. The most, the point in which you think you are good enough, strong enough, and that you can do it, that you can bear it, the point in which you think that it is that arrogance 
that can very likely contribute to your fall. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So do not for one second think that the reason that you have fallen into sin is because something bigger happened to you than has happened to anyone else. There's no temptation that any of us have ever experienced that is not just generally common for all of us. You, you, your, the, the circumstances around your fall into sin are not unique to you. And like, well, no, not, not a normal person wouldn't have been able to handle that. No, you are just common and your sin and your fall into sin is common. You need to understand that. And God is faithful and God is faithful. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. There, you, you, there's nothing unique about you in that sense. There is sin out there. There is temptation out there. You don't want to. You don't want to have this sort of arrogance that thinks that I'm standing firm, that I'm good no matter what. But God, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. There's not ever going to be a situation. Again, no temptation is overtaken to you except that it was coming. He's not going to put you into a situation where it will ever be impossible for you to choose anything but sin. There will always be a way for you to choose to not sin. But again, verse 12 says, be careful in thinking that that comes from you because it doesn't. Because when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. There is no temptation that you're going to experience that is different than anything else anyone has ever had. You're never going to find yourself in that impossible situation. And also, you need to understand that God is faithful. He's not going to let something like that ever happen to you. You're never going to find yourself into a situation where sin is the only option because he will provide a way out. Not because you're strong enough, not because you can handle a lot, but because he will provide a way out. So the only way that this can even be tied into going through difficult circumstances and God's not going to more and I can handle, he thinks I'm strong, whatever, the only way it ties into that is if you believe that difficult circumstances are a temptation to sin, which I think in part that they are. It's broader than that, but you could view difficult, challenging circumstances in your life as an opportunity to sin. That these bad things have happened to me, and I feel like faithlessness or cursing God, getting frustrated, turning away from the faith, I feel like that's my only option, okay? In that sense, this verse would apply. And in that sense, what he's saying, then the answer to that is, don't think that you can handle this on your own. Don't actually don't surrender to this idea that God's not going to give you more than you can handle. Surrender to a different idea, to the faithfulness of God, that God is going to give you a way out. There is always a way out. There is always a non-sin choice. And so while it technically would apply to that situation, I think we are missing the mark a little bit and kind of hitting it at the fringe. But I think the core and the drive of this is sometimes we think sin is our only choice. This is the way that addicts think. This is the way that people who are adulterers think. Because of the way my marriage is, because of this, and we were, at, we were just out late one night on the business trip, and because of da-da-da, it just happened. It just happened. It just happened. We don't, we're not allowed to think in that way. Things like that, they don't just happen. You're never going to be in a situation where sin is your only choice. And in fact, 
the, the attitude that is most likely to make you think that you're in that situation is that you think that you are strong enough on your own to be able to handle it. So I know that I'm not strong enough. I need the faithfulness of God. And so I know that the only kinds of temptation that I'm going to experience are regular. And no matter what temptation I find myself in, I know that God is going to give me a way out. And so I have really no excuse to surrender to sinfulness because my circumstances are not unique and God will always provide me a way out. So more than being an inspirational way of helping us get through a time when bad circumstances have multiplied on us, this is actually really a condemnation of people who are weak, weak, say weak in their theology about overcoming sin. That believe that they can make excuses for their for for their problems, but that to understand, hey, I, I I didn't have to choose to be unfaithful to my spouse. I didn't have to choose to lie to my boss. I didn't have to choose to embezzle to steal. I didn't have to do that. My circumstances are never such that my only choice is sin, and it is probably an arrogance on your part that made you think that you wouldn't ever do this that led you here, too much of a focus on yourself and not enough of a focus on the faithfulness of God. And so when temptation arises, that's when this verse, when you are tempted, when you feel like all you can do or all you really want to do or all that really seems available to you is is sinfulness, this is when this verse shines. You need to trust in the faithfulness of God and say, God, I really want to sin. I really want to steal. I really want to cheat. I really want to lie. I really want to be unfaithful. I know you're faithful though. Please show me the way. And God will never put you in a situation where he will not be able to provide with you a way out. God will never put you in a situation that he can't handle. So ultimately, do not ever let any idea of this verse help you to be more proud of yourself, but to point you even more to the faithfulness and strength and the capacity and the generosity and the love of God. So again, if you have any um, suggestions or ideas for verses or passages that you feel like are highly misunderstood that you'd like for us to talk about, feel free to send them to me, charlie at thegrovechurch.org, and we'd love to hear your suggestions and your thoughts. And um, as always, we would love to see you. We'd love to connect with you, whether you are here locally or not. We'd love to see you. You can check us out at thegrovechurch.org slash connect. Just fill out a form there. Let us know that you're there any way that we can help or support you. And if you are local, we'd love to see you on a Sunday morning and find out about our services there. And we'd love to see you, love to meet you. If not, you can always check us out. We're streaming online. Our 1030 service on Sunday is always streaming live, uh, Facebook and YouTube. And so if you are, uh, we'd love to meet you. So either in person or online, we'd love to connect with you and help you and serve you any way that we can. And again, thanks for joining us and have a great rest of your day.